Greetings and salutations. You are listening to the Ink to North podcast, where we take a look at the competitive side of the Commander format, also known as CEDH. I'm one of your hosts, Lyndon, aka Noobzors, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Matt, aka Null. Yo. Reed, aka Sick Robot. Howdy, howdy. And Morgan, aka Spleenface. How's it going? And in this episode, we're going to be covering Red in CDH. It's a, another installment in our color series, so look forward to the rest of them. And uh, yeah, this time we're going to be covering perhaps the uh, most, what do you, what do we say, the, the flavor of the month, is that what you were saying, Morgan, <laughs> of uh, CDH right the, now? The ugly duckling that turned into a sort of okay looking swan. It's not quite beautiful yet. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the the massive hype around red is maybe a bit premature, but it's definitely gotten some really important tools that are uh, bringing it into contention for being one of the better colors in CDH. Not not quite ready to say that it's on par with uh, you know what have traditionally the been the core colors, but yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get into that more in the episode. Before we but before we do that, um, what have you guys been up to since the last episode? Uh, losing at Magic. Hmm. <laughs> And winning, oh, yeah. don't forget. <laughs> First sorry, winning, sorry, and then sorry, losing. Drawing, drawing and losing, <laughs> and then winning. I mean, I went 4-0 within uh-huh. our last, uh, in our last team turn 3 stream. I don't know what you mean, losing at Magic. I, I need to go and put together a real deck that I enjoy again, so I can just quash Morgan's ego. It's going too long at this point. <laughs> hey, I've definitely yeah, I... had my fair share of shut out streams recently so <laughs> yeah i've been uh i think last time i said that i made rank four mythic on arena and that was like at the beginning of the season and now the season's like almost over so i've i've, I've like fallen down gone back up fallen down and i'm kind of like i hit rank I, I think i went all the way down to percentage mythic and then climbed back up to uh like 40 rank 40 mythic and i've just been like camping that and i'm probably gonna camp that until the rest of the season uh- just kind of oh, low wow. EV to play. I also got myself to nice. tragically one point short of being elite chess player. Mm. <laughs> I'm at one nice. three three six. <laughs> Feels bad. <laughs> nice. Um, cool. So without further ado, let's jump into housekeeping. Um, and as always in our housekeeping section, we'd like to give shoutouts to our new patrons. Um, so shout out to we've got a we've got a doozy this one we've got quite a few new patrons we do. So much much appreciated so shout out to Fukins. shout out to vincent t shout out to thunderfarts a shout out to pd measles also a get rug server boys <laughs> and uh oh. shout out to two hand touch now oh, i do want to say before we go anywhere um Everybody here, you guys and our listeners included, should be giving a huge thanks and a huge round of applause to Two Hand Touch, um, even at this point, because Two really was like one of the pioneering uh, people in like CDH content, specifically podcast with the Birthing Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, which, Unfortunate I mean, name for the, po- <laughs> for yeah. the podcast. Um, <laughs> you just you're getting you go to look it up and you're just yeah. getting a bunch of maternity podcasts. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, like I I can 
speak like about my own experience, but it, it certainly had a huge impact on the way that I talk about CDH. Oh, absolutely. Especially in, in like any content that I do. Like I, I have listened to like all those episodes um, multiple times over Same. just because they're yeah. so good and they're like, they're so well-structured and like, it's like, a, like alongside the fossil podcast with like the bedrock of um, CDH podcast now. So huge thanks to two just wanted to put that out there because i'm not sure they get enough recognition for you know really kickstarting the trend Mm -hmm, absolutely um and then in a bit of unfortunate news uh we are uh parting ways with our long suffering podcast editor roadkill um actually morgan do you want to speak to this a bit yeah um i mean there's not really a lot to say uh we're you know we're hugely thankful for all the work he's done for us and he's definitely helped us not just in editing our podcast but in getting our recording quality up and uh and you know like just helping us with a bunch of other things in our process uh and he's also just an all-around awesome dude and this is certainly an amicable parting uh but we figured when we took long-suffering podcast editor roadkill out of the out of the credits we get questions so we decided to just be upfront about it yeah mm-hmm. yep well said um yeah so uh see a roadkill good luck on you know doing much more uh <laughs> good luck in future ende- ed- endeavors and he's off to do <laughs> oh you know better things than edit a uh CDH podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um and then yeah thank you as always to our new patrons uh, we wouldn't. I, I couldn't move us on to new developments without giving the uh, the required. You rock. You rock. Nice. Um, but yeah. So on to new developments, um, and I think it's you know we should really emphasize how terrible all the other three people on this podcast are at magic. Not mm-hmm. they're, they're losing our nexus. Lose. We're, we were for a long time. You know they're just so dominant in uh, CDH tournaments and. Uh, Nexus Super League, and you know what? It's over. It's over. Okay, well, if you don't count our actual record in the tournament, (laughs) then we're still doing pretty well, but if you you count all those losses, maybe not. Yeah, so... We were one point short on making the finals of the Nexus Super League. Yeah. Big, sad. But honestly, like, based on our record and just overall performance, it kind of felt like a cheat anyway if we got it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. We did we, so we, terribly. We picked up, uh, in the first nine games, we earned one point, and in the last three games, we earned nine points. <laughs> that was almost the comeback story of the century, but alas. It wasn't to be. Okie dokie. On to the main topic of the episode, which is, again, the color red in CEDH. So, I kind of wanted to start things off with a summary of what red does in CEDH. So, if, if we could give a summary, Reed, Morgan, Matt, what, what would you guys say red does especially well in CEDH? Um, it does a lot of various single cards. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what it does great? It does having, like design mistakes printed yeah. in its color well it, it does it, it's great at having breach yeah yep. <laughs> oh boy yeah. I think, uh, all, all joking it's, aside you know it's it's fantastic at having cards sorry i'm just gonna get another one in there before because <laughs> we okay not all joking aside most not all joking, joking aside, aside. Yet. most joking aside it's great at having cards that other colors utilize really well 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, now is all the joking aside? <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Okay. Well, so yeah, I think, I think this is... I think what is going to be highlighted throughout this episode is why, even if red is obviously like a very strong color and provides a lot of very strong tools, um, I, why, you know, Lydid sort of mentioned whether it might be premature to sort of call it a core color. Um, and that is, it doesn't actually have many things that it provides a consistent tool set for doing. Um, so, like, it doesn't, it doesn't lend itself nicely to building a deck around red uh, in the way that some other colors do, where you just have a huge, dense, a big, long list of options for doing specific things that it does better than other car or other colors. Yeah. Um, there's a million green redundant ramp pieces. There's a million redundant yeah. counter spells in blue, but red unfortunately has. Yeah. A, yeah. Even, even white, a couple has really like, good standout cards, but doesn't have like that, you know, core redundant package of yeah. cards that uh, allows it to put forth its own proactive game plan. Pretty much. I, I would even say that, like, even white has, like, a long, like, list of stacks pieces that you can sort of build around, and red just, A like... million redundant <laughs> rule of laws, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> red, yeah. Red, red has nothing on the... Key just themes. Pure, rule like, of law. Like, density of rule of laws. How dare you. Has. There's at least... There's two blood moons in red, <laughs> Reed. Two. And hey, if you get like ruination, that's three. <laughs> if you count ruination as a blood moon, okay. The better, stonks. the better thing, the more analogous to blood moon than ruination is from is uh, from the ashes. That card's hot. I, I like playing that card in Goto. It's ruination, but everyone searches their land for uh, their their deck for basics for each card destroyed. So it's like and then free. shuffles. They don't shuffle the library. They sh they shuffle. <laughs> I still want to know how they're wording it, things that shuffle things into the library. Yeah, that I was also yeah <laughs> I I had questions about how they were wording like the peripheral stuff that wasn't just shuffle your library. Maybe they'll change all the templating to like put it some at, at some part of the library and shuffle, like put it on yeah, top of the know. library then shuffle. But anyways. anyway, this th we like. At the time of recording, we have exactly the first spoilers, so this is going to be entirely outdated by the time this goes out. Yeah, absolutely. So, moving on. Um, okay, so our first category, so we're going to kind of break things down. We're going to be discussing um, the key themes among cards in red, that C play, and CDH. Um, and, and one of the themes we want to discuss, or kind of categories first, is just combos. Kind of get these out of the way, because as we were saying, it's hard to... This isn't the mono-red episode. This is an episode about the color red in CDH, so often it's going to be um, cards that are included in multicolor decks, because, you know, as far as CDH viable red command, or mono-red goes, it's like, you know, Goto, arguably, like, Zadas or Carrot, like some other fringe yeah. stuff. And, and those are kind of their own unique beasts, heavily built around the commanders, so... These are combos that involve red that are kind of seen playing multicolor decks. So we've got um, one that's kind of fallen by the wayside, which I think you know is still um, a bit underplayed, which is World Gorger Dragon. <clears throat> um, it was definitely popular for a bit, like a year or two ago, and then uh, it's kind of fallen and away. Then Oracle but, yeah. hit. <laughs> Oracle I feel like there was like exists. there was a Rakdos craze. For a little while, there was yeah when we well, got more Rakdos World Gorger yeah. outlets that didn't do much else. Yeah, 
Honestly, um, the graveyard is like kind of free for shenanigans these days, which is really surprising to me. It's, I I'm so angry that's the case because <laughs> <laughs> I played my graveyard deck and everybody played Cajun Rip, and then everybody <laughs> else gets to play their graveyard deck now, and nobody's playing those cards. <laughs> Um, Speaking of which, our next card <laughs> is Breach, which we'd already joked about. And of course, you know, notably interacts well with Brain Freeze and LED. Interacts well with most things, I'd say. Also yeah, kind of just does a better job at Yogwell most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Wheel of Fortune. I, I kind of want to say that Breach almost single-handedly saved LED from the, you know, the, the oh, falling off the cliff. Because for a while, like, LED was mainly supported by... Um, Cats. Uh, well, cats and uh, salvagers, right? Bomberman, and then well, everyone cats. realized Bomberman sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, well, yeah. Well, people are, people are still into Bomberman in the decks. Yeah. That I don't run get it. that. The sounds I'm not, but are all on Bomberman. I think. He's yeah, I think that. there's better things to be doing now. Um, and even back then, there's still probably better things to be doing. But yeah, uh, Breach really, you know, in making LED just look like an. Like a real Black Lotus. <laughs> I mean, yeah. in fairness, it was oh, always man. very good in Kess as well, which has been a mainstay of CDH for... That's true, yeah. I mean, it was certainly a mainstay well up, right up until Breach was printed at the very least, so like... Is is Kess an OG now? Are we that oh, far into oh, yeah. the deep Dude, CDH lore? Oh, God. <laughs> you make me feel like I'm going through like a CDH midlife crisis. <laughs> no, no, no. I feel like... I feel like it has you have to be in like there has to have been a complete era after you were printed that has ended for you to be considered mm. an OG. Mm. True. So so like mm. But I feel like Kess has been so in saying, like proper CDH longer than half of CDH has been around. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, if you look at if you look at it that way, then certainly uh Kess is is long in the tooth compared to a lot of other CDH commanders, but uh, I don't know. I feel like not even four years is a little is a little short to be to be pulling out the OG label. True. What that was Commander twenty seventeen. Seventeen. When was when was Get Rise twenty sixteen? Yeah. Uh, twenty fifteen. Oh no! Don't talk about that. Whatever. I start. Okay. I started. I started playing Magic when in the set that Get Wrong came out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're not allowed to talk about how long ago that was. <laughs> um, but yeah. So speaking of cards that were recently printed that have kind of brought red into the oh, wait, modern sorry. CDH era, it was 2016. Have... It was the the spring set of 2016. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, we have Dockside Extortionist, and oh boy, I feel like. What what it, it, we we have this in the combo category, you know. Honestly, World Gorgeous Dragon is a combo card, right? Doesn't really do anything else. But Breach and Dockside, um, really, what makes them special is that they are combo cards, but they're also just so much more. Just I so mean, generically they're, good. They're combo cards, except they combo with everything, yeah. not just like, <laughs> Dockside cards. having cards in hand, having cards in the grave, having <laughs> yeah, cards left yeah. in the library, having things in the command zone for Dockside. Permanence in play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Though I, I think I think this is maybe this is the hottest take rather than the generic take about red. I think that you know we've certainly said it in a few different ways on the podcast that uh, the dockside hype is. I mean, obviously the card is insanely strong, but like it's at least from a decent amount of the play that I've experienced, 
it is not actually that consistently like a a plus four or five mana ritual. Morgan, um, that's because you know. Yeah, this is right blasphemy, people? man. I, why are you denying me my Just... turn to my consistent turn to Tavesh off of you know five treasures off Dockside, man? Come on. Like what was the? I think it was one of the Nexus Super League games we were playing, and there were like two Grixis decks and a Sans Green deck and something else, and it was like turn three, yeah. and Dockside was making like two. Yeah, <laughs> it was like wait. What? Yeah, that was one thing I was looking at with the, my uh, Tana Timna like uh, Razaketh deck, and how early can I call? Because like, I was trying to potentially like cut on some slots for the combo, and I was looking at the dock side. I was like, man, if I'm trying to do like an early entomb reanimate like combo win, dock side just might not get there for the amount of treasures that I need, and it's kind of you know giving me giving me issues. But yeah, into the mid to late game is always going to be like you're always going to get there. Like I mean, on a Razaketh combo where you need, like, three or four treasures. But certainly, yeah. like, I've seen mid-game dock sides that made four. You know, like... Yeah. When Which people play not green enough to do most don't... things. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. Next up. Yes, uh, new Kiki. You know, classic. Is yeah. it classic? Yeah. Well, Kiki, Kiki is classic. Can Snoop classic. be considered classic? Snoop is a new kid on the block. Kiki is the classic, and Snoop is the card that's brought it into the, brought brought it back into the modern era, I guess. Yeah, Kiki was sort of just like dead in the water for a bit, just because it's just so much harder to put together in like any form than like <laughs> realistically any other combo that is being be playing. Kiki never really died because Blood Pot has always been like super popular for some reason. Even when it's kind of like the, the deck that was meant to attack a very specific meta yeah. and then that meta has disappeared. People just persist on Blood Pod. I mean, um, I feel like it, it it sort of came back around. Like, Rule of Laws are definitely pretty good again. Yeah, Blood, Blood Pod's a lot better now good. than it was like yeah, <laughs> a year ago. Um, no, but I, I think Blood Pod has maintained its level of popularity. I don't think it, I think it it, it no, did it, fall off dipped. before the Flash Hulk ban. Yeah, like like late like twenty twenty like early twenty twenty and late twenty nineteen. I saw very very little blood pot on. I mean, I'm still seeing. Very I just see people at, talking about blood pot and blood pot in their metas like constantly. I think it's used as a great example in arguments. Mm, that might be <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> blood blood pot is <laughs> a great hypothetical. <laughs> um, but yeah. Snoop Snoop is now allowing for Kiki to see play in uh, a wide in, fa in faster yes. decks for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Definitely a, a nice layering combo. piece. Yeah. Uh, here, Morgan, when you get when you get this one, this next one. Sure. Uh, so the next one we have is a dual caster twin flame, which has never been like the forefront of uh, of you know combos in cdh but it's always sort of been like a background particularly in low color red decks when it's like you know i just kind of need a backup win condition um especially one that uh like works through things like null rod and things like uh like it works through both null rod and curse totem um and it's just like you know it's a very linear a plus b combo um and and dual caster mage is like not the worst especially when you're restricted on colors because you can just like copy other people's big spells uh, or counter spells or whatever combo um, that sometimes saw play in in goto decks 
yeah, it was occasionally a backup in Goto. I think it was in uh, it was in the Mardu Farm decks for a long time. Um, yeah, I actually no CMC off Advance. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's a it's a that was it's before, only five that was before, Dark Side, before I think. before yeah. Oracle was printed. It was also a backup in a lot of cast lists, right? Uh, I think it was in especially some. before Jace, right? It was like, in like the it was in like the more like mid rangey cast lists, yeah. like the twin ones and the reanimator ones. I don't think it was in like Storm or dedicated consult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe if you're like expecting a ton of cage. Yeah. <laughs> and finally on our list, uh, good old. Yeah. Glinthorn Buccaneer wasn't really which, a combo which, until Commander it, Legends was printed. did things decks. with it with like curiosity effects, but that's not a combo. Yeah, yeah. yeah it it, now it's what? just now it's, it's absolutely synergy. a combo. No, it's what? no, a combo. it's absolute. You get up to eight cards in hand, go to end stuff, and kill the table. That's definitely okay. A combo. If you have to get up to the full eight cards, sure, sure. It, sure. You could discard a card and pick three people to draw three cards. Yeah, like as if you could get to the cleanup step and then win the game, right? I mean, I've seen it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mr. Get Rock here trying to hate on the end step, kill somebody with eight cards in hand. <laughs> with the draw engine in play as part of the combo. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess Glenhorn with the active ability drawing, drawing cards is, you know, not, not, not so difficult. But uh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, that, that wraps up our, our combo section. Um and I guess so. Our, our next our next category was um, miscellaneous broken stuff slash build around. Well, so and, yeah, just themes for red cards because that was sort of combos, which is like a different section. Now we're sort of getting into the like, what does red do as like coherently as a color in CDH, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than just like, how does it win the game? Yeah. So breach and dockside, we kind of singled out as cards that are unique among the red cdh card pool where these are cards where you're you would you would build your strategy or your deck you you'd, you'd be like hmm i want to i want to start with breach and build around from there or start with dockside build around from there or they're, they're less like you know i'm playing red let me pick the best um you know generic red cards to put in my deck you know like oh, i'm gonna put pyros and rebs or something in like now these these are cards where these are like the can be the main focus of what you're they trying are. to do they are first among first uh, in terms of design mistakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I um, I still can't I think, get over the fact uh, that Dockside was printed in a commander set. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels like something that was printed in a 1v1 focused format, and then they weren't like, oh, wait, when you have three opponents, this is super dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They knew. <laughs> it's 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 the... It, you would think it would be the opposite of the... Uh, like the true name nemesis kind of situation, right? Yeah. 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 But uh, no. Yeah. So I think this is a category or, or themes of cards where when red gets more of these, more breaches and dock sides, that's when we can start considering it more core, at least in my opinion. I'm actually um, not sure if it's true. But... No. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So I, then I, what, think, I think that's not think true so? because of the next category that we're talking about here. Um, which we should get it because those were the only real two that we had. Um, but the next category is, and we talked about this for green in the last color episode, um, but for tutors. Um, so we sort of talked about in the green episode how green has like one primary tutor class being creatures and then like a secondary tutor class being like lands, specifically non-basics because green does tutor forests really well. 
um just not in a cdh context um but it doesn't really tutor for uh non-basics that well um and if we were okay, going that, to it does it's in, still in a cdh context it has like a couple of tutors not not nearly as many like as its creature tutors no um, yeah but it definitely for, there is no yeah as for as in terms of like the classes of tutor that red has it's like for cdh <laughs> <laughs> um its classes is random shit <laughs> it, it tutors for overly specific things at usually a below average rate yeah <laughs> it has the, the most rate, rate for, of tutors yeah. that find a, any card but make you discard one at random yep uh, um, but yeah, if we you have other silly it. examples like Imperial Recruiter, and of course there's Goblin Recruiter if you're on you know, Snoop Piles, Goblin Snoop Piles, arguably like Goblin, Goblin Engineer. Engineer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Its tutors it are just... like they're they're restricted usually more than just like a type. It's like either a type subtype combo or like a type plus some other restriction combo. And, yeah, it's usually restricted to like more than a type, and sometimes more than that. And also, maybe maybe you know arguably sometimes the 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 red tutors, you, you could make the case that they're kind of just, you know, stolen valor for what white should have. Imperial recruiter, Imperial recruiter. I guess you know the the recruiter of the guard came later, but really it's like it fits more in white. And then same with like Godo stealing, like why Godo has no right to be red, man. That makes no sense. Godo's tutor ability should be on a white card. Would yeah, that was very Godo, much though? out of like a story basis than it was a card it, design basis. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, Godo should be Boris just because of like the extra combat plus the yeah, no, dude, like, that'd search be for equipment. Sick. But, yep. Can't uh, give uh, good cards to Boris, so not doing that. Yeah. Um, um, are we calling Godo a good card now? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Um, Godo but and yeah, Boris? so like the two, the point I was sort of getting at here is that like with red red doesn't really have like in terms of cdh anyway like a primary tutor identity aside from random shit at a bad rate um so like this is sort of the issue that i have with like trying to be or like red's transition into being a primary color in cdh is that like you, like you need to be able to find your things consistently to be a core color and it just can't find its things consistently without something in the command zone to do it for it yeah, and just having, like, really good cards for, like, combos or, or just, you know, generically yeah. good cards in the forms of Breach and Dockside. Just because you can, like, if you're if you're in, um, if you have Black Tutors or, like, you know, you're in Grixis to get the, like, Stormy synergies, like, it's not enough to, to say that, you know, red is, is the most powerful or one of the most powerful colors in CDH as, you know, some... People like to like to be saying as it like, has hot like takes. three yeah. really good cards and then like a bunch of like yeah oh, like fine cards like good cards <laughs> like no I think I think it's a bit of the new shiny toy mentality I like I definitely bit. like I'm not saying red's a bad color it's just you need consistency to be a core color and it just doesn't have that and it would need a lot of printings to get to that point mm -hmm. um. Next up, we have uh, Rituals, which is a category. Didn't we, in the green episode, didn't we argue, or maybe there's like pre-show, when we were arguing whether or not green counted as having Rituals? Um, oh, my God. That's part of the with the whatever. No, but no. <laughs> yeah. Typically, typically Rituals, um, the purview of black and red. And red in the modern era. Black, historically. It. Yeah. Historically, um, meaning for like the first, like, <laughs> three to five years of magic's life 
read for the entire rest of it. Yeah, well, one thing that you, I think you might notice um, as we go through this list is that there's a lot of new cards that are, are popping up. So first on this list we, here under Rituals, we have Jessica's Will. Um, I mean, arguably one of the best rituals ever printed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. The, the, the thing... Okay, I don't. I don't get too deep into Jessica's. Well, the, okay. I think one of the things that's important to realize with the um, red tutors, or sorry, the red rituals, is that the mana they generate is they're, they're generally viewed as worse than uh, the black rituals and um, you know the green rituals uh, because the cards you're trying to cast off of them aren't utilizing the pips as well. Um, well, I don't as even, it could I, be. Right. I mean, like, I imagine if seeding songs just worse, like. <laughs> I mean, Seething Song, Seething Song is uh, worse. Dark Ritual? No, no, not versus Dark Ritual. Versus like Cabal Ritual, right? That's like, just an easy condition but, to I mean, satisfy. Seething, that. Seething Song is also just worse than Dark Ritual, right? Yeah. Like most cards, <laughs> most rituals are worse than Dark Ritual. Right, right. Like I think what I, what I was about to say is that like they are. It's not just that like the red cards aren't as like good to be casting off. You know, like, Seething Song into whatever isn't as good as Dark Ritual into Necropotence. Like, obviously that's true. But it's also just, like, the cards from the first five years of Magic tend to be a lot better than the cards from the, the 20 that follow. 20, yeah. Okay, but here, let's just, let's, just list, let's just list these yeah. rituals and we can discuss them more. So we've got Jessica's yeah. Will, Treasonous Ogre, Simeon Spirit Guide, Rite of Flame. Um, like as the cards are, like, core scene play ritual. and Seething Song. And, and I mean, obviously... Really Dockside also like yeah, fits yeah. under here, but it's, it's so much stronger that yeah, it's it, it, it's it's like an outlier piece yeah. of data. It, it's uh, technically a ritual, but it's calling it just a ritual is, is underselling it. Yeah. Also, um, sorry, the the worst calling the week as well. Um, yeah, infernal infernal plunge. Infernal plunge, plunge, infernal plunge, plunge yeah. Um, so the, the one thing I kind of want to discuss with with these is that imagine if like like treasonous ogre, if treasonous ogre added black or blue like it would be so much more strong because of just the actual usefulness of the of those pips right the red red rituals despite like being able to provide um some insane effects like are just not as good because of the the pips they provide and that's just red does not have enough um good cards that you want to be casting with those pips at this point well, I mean, Crick is basically Black Treasonous Ogre, right? <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, reasonable. if you put it that way, yeah. I mean, it's definitely not because the whole campaign generic thing is yeah, yeah, yeah. is an issue. But uh... I did want to say though, um, Jessica's Will does have an incredibly good argument for one of the best rituals ever printed, considering that it does see play in a legacy deck now. Also, I don't I think I've, fair. I don't think I've, I've ever I've, seen any other ritual also flip into either uh, Lion's Eye Diamond plus Peer yeah. into the Abyss or uh, Wheel and Yogmoth's Will. Yeah, both of which I have seen off off Jessica's Will. <laughs> I I think it depends on so I, I, like trying to recall back to the episode we did on Commander Legends and like me talking about Jessica's Will. I think it really calling it the best tutor ever printed or the best ritual ever printed or among them really depends on how you how you you evaluate that right like Jessica's will has an insanely high ceiling um but it doesn't see play in every single deck that runs red because the floor is uh 
you know, lots of well, lots I mean, I don't of decks think that any would... ritual sees play in every deck in its color. Like, no, but there, the decks, some decks would run. Um... Sure, Obviously, I, I, if, there yeah, are. I think there are decks that are both red and black that have dark ritual in them, but no Jeska as well. Yeah, you need you need the you really want to be getting both sides of the Jeska's will in order to really take advantage of it. Um, but yeah. Uh, anything? Anyone else have anything to say about the uh, red rituals? Yeah, red it's probably. I will say it's probably they like, make mana and they have extremely or no condition at all. <laughs> it's probably like the most consistent or like the most dense like category among red cards, which is probably why Goto exists as a deck is because it's like it's leveraging the thing that red sort of just does the most consistently. No, I don't think I don't. I think most of the good Goto decks have cut like the super deep like rituals like pyretic ritual right uh god why am i blanking yeah, anyway. on the uh <laughs> i mean the ritual? best the Desperate best ritual, thank you. the best quote-unquote rituals in goto are manicraft soul <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. mana vault <laughs> yeah um fair but yeah one, one thing well i guess my last thing to say on rituals is if you were uh if you miss monkey in uh, modern, you know, I guess you can have a spot for your monkeys in CDH. <laughs> if you in miss subtext. monkey in modern, why? <laughs> You're a terrible person. <laughs> Dude, I love playing it in my Neo form deck. Moving on. Neo, Neo brand. Oh my goodness. Um, That's okay. like exactly why it was a problem. <laughs> yeah. That's like, you're not even <laughs> correct. Like, okay, I liked playing Mystic Sanctuary in my Fires of Invention turns deck. That wasn't why Mystic Sanctuary was a problem. You're like, I like playing it in my deck that wins on turn two. It's like, oh. turn two? Whoa, turn one, wow. buddy. Slow hand, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, so that's it for rituals. Next up, we've got uh, the counter spells slash protection. The, count the yeah. counter counter spells. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interacting with the stack, sweet. I like to call these affectionately the stop countering my stuff cards. Yeah, that's basically the, what they uh, do. the key cards in this category being... Pyroblast and Red Elemental Blast. And SWAT. I, and SWAT, SWAT, yeah. SWAT yeah. Well, I, I, I like to say the key cards the because that's kind of where... Like, SWAT and, and a lot of the, the stuff is pretty new. Like, Pyro even, and Reb. Yeah, I mean, I like guess it's OGs. new enough that, that uh, Linden basically hasn't played CDH since it was printed. So. Yeah, yeah correct. So, um, <laughs> in his mind, it doesn't even exist. But I think if Pyro and Reb... The fact they they remove permanence, man. If if red had you know how many how many more pyros and rebs would it take for for that to be like a super consistent category of red where where you'd you'd uh, like bump it up in, in the colors. <laughs> can I can I rephrase your thought experiment? Four total. Sure, sure. Okay, how many pyro and red elemental blasts have to be printed for Chrom to become unplayable? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> negative how many okay actually just how many pyros and rebs would you run if you like in in a multicolor deck with blue in this meta 10 in a multicolor deck with blue i don't <laughs> think i'd go above two in a multicolor i guess deck actually the blue, question the question also does yeah, depend yeah, on yeah. how many <laughs> if this same restriction applies to your opponents right yeah, because then there's the it weird meta game of all your pyros and rebs that do anything against each other. Yeah, yeah so yeah. so you just you just <laughs> you cut start all like the blue, blast you cut instead. all the blue yeah. cards, all the blue interaction to blank your opponent's pyros. <laughs> yeah, sort of yeah. like imps mischief deflecting swat. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. 
Also, yeah, are they pyros or are they rebs? Do they do yeah. they get countered by deflecting SWAT and Ames mischief or no? <laughs> no, true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. Can I win through a Rhystic study? Does it matter if I can remove them? <laughs> remember, remember when? Um... Oh, you know, what? never mind, never mind. I was uh, yeah. <laughs> too much of a okay. tangent. Too much of a tangent. Sure. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll stick. We'll stick to this list. Yeah. So we've also got um, deflecting SWAT. Obviously, just insanity. Uh, dude, there's a deflecting SWAT that's or not a defle- It's it's like a similar effect. What's um, I think it's called bolt bend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was like printed go, yeah. actually pretty recently. That that card uh, keep people should keep an eye on that card because if the right commander comes up, I think there's maybe only like one or two commanders that could reasonably play Bolt Bend now, like Riel maybe. Um, but that card is yeah. is quite good. That's very but, good. Yeah. 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 Keep, keep an eye on that well, one. I feel like I have if, not you, if your commander enables before. it, it's basically I mean, it's, like a it's one mana deflecting SWAT. Yeah. It's yeah, sort of worse is... SWAT, but it's still like fine. Yeah, yeah, but like worse SWAT is definitely not the same <laughs> still, as not yeah. yeah. still yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Um, dude, yeah. Buy buy your bolt bends now before they get bought out. Isn't like a common or something. It's an uncommon. <laughs> uncommon. It's, I mean, it's we'll, an uncommon. It's an uncommon from like one of the most heavily yeah. open sets ever. We'll see. We'll see Ricochet <laughs> Trap get fucking out. Yeah, bought out before. Okay, so I, I put this next card on the list, uh, which is a uh, Tibalt Trickery. And I wanted to kind of talk about this, um, but you guys, because we didn't do a uh, call set time yeah. set review. So I think, I was thinking about Trickery, and I would probably include it in my, like, Timna, Tana, Res I would not. Nope. No way. Nope. No? Really? So I, I think that the ability to counter, um, to, to actually interact on the stack you know, to stop something like a board wipe that was that's damaging your stacks pieces or counter ad nauseums or something. I I thought that would be, you know, reasonable. And, and the, or, or the ability to protect your in, combos and stuff. I might put it in like a mono red deck or something, but I think Honestly you'll you'll counter their board wipe, they'll mill three and then um they'll reveal uh breach and then they'll use the three milled cards yeah. to just recast <laughs> it. So Yeah. Like, I think I, there's enough whiffs that you can you can hit off the trickery that if you're trying to to stop exactly like one thing, it's it's somewhat. Reasonable. I also I also don't like how potentially inconsistent it is as backup for your combos. Like if you Tybalt's yeah. trickery a counterspell heavy deck. Yeah. You're you're like, you know. 80 percent of the time it works. Yeah, I I think I think in a in a. It's the strongest case for it is in a heavy creature, like stacks hate bearsy based deck, where you are in not in blue, so you can't protect. There's there's no really good way to protect yourself against like a board wipe. You just and play it in it, a deck that always puts Dranith Magistrate into play. Or I mean, I mean, yeah, those the decks sure. do run run those cards, so it it does help cover some of the weaknesses. But uh, I do think that's kind of where it, it fits best. Oh sure, it probably yeah, fits best think. there in terms. If only of you could play it in Lavinia, but... am I right? <laughs> okay, actually, one, one more question about Morgan, trickery. Would you Morgan, play how, this? No, no, hold up, Morgan. How much are you being paid to mention Lavinia every podcast? I need to know. Because <laughs> <laughs> if if I if it's enough, I want to. Unfortunately, get there's a non-disclosure uh, <laughs> oh, in my contract. <laughs> yeah. So in something like um, a red-black deck, where historically they might have run um, hand attack to provide disruption and protection for their combos. 
would you would you play a trickery over a duress or thoughtseize? Uh, no. I I personally think Probably I would not. because the versatility of being able to stop your opponent's game plan, even if somewhat inconsistently, um, and and not because the thing with your your thoughtseize and duress is that you kind of have to pre-commit to playing them. You can't hold them back and potentially like sandbag. I think the the sandbag ability of trickery would maybe eke out a spot in those decks, but again, in those those decks aren't typically running rule of laws or heavy creature based, you know, stacks effects, so you know, it's yeah. tougher there. Well don't you kind of have to commit with trickery because your combo needs to be on the stack? Where with Thoughtseize you can actually realize that you can't win through yeah. their interaction. Thoughtseize is also There's... just like a lot more mana efficient. Like one mana is just so much less than two. Yeah, but I mean, the, the thing with Thoughtseize is that sometimes you can pick wrong, right? And you're like, uh, there's two people with open mana. Unless... Uh, let me, let me see the one... Per let me let me try and see if there's... If there's only one piece of interaction, right? Like, you're like... Unless... You can pick wrong. Just Thoughtseize is definitely God. the better card for the skilled player, I think. Um, but yeah. Okay. Uh, next up... The, speaking of red-black decks, I think... So we've got Overmaster ones. on here, yeah. which is, I think, a card that's only seen play in, like... Grenzo? Exactly Grenzo. I, yeah, I maintain exactly that Grenzo. it is correct to play in Kikar. <laughs> mm, yeah, well, maybe. Right. Make uncatterable. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and Burnout is our last one on this list. I mean, I think, th I think that like any single red mana cantrip that does anything remotely oh, useful sure. is very good in <laughs> Kikar. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, um, crazy. Burnout. Wild also has I guess that also means it's good in uh, in Birdie, if that deck ever gets off the ground. Oh, I guess yeah. I think I think yeah. so. To conclude this little theme segment, it really seems like you know talking about Bolt Bend, SWAT, Trickery, all coming out you know fairly recently. It definitely seems to be a trend that they're trying to lean into these uh, this kind of interaction for red. And yep, I wonder I, mean, I wonder if we're gonna see more of these you know by the end. How many how many more of these cards we're gonna would be on this list um you know come the end of 2021 i i would be incredibly happy if red gets to be like secondary and in stack interaction i think that's like an incredibly healthy thing to like move toward and it's again pretty healthy for cdh to Agreed. have like another color that can actually interact on the stack okie dokie next up I just feel Leads. like I wish I wish even more that yeah. it was going to be white that was going to be secondary because <laughs> yep. it makes so much but... more sense. Yes. <laughs> oh well, white and making sense. Just... White and having nice things is mana tide. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about, dude? Mana tide, lapse of certainty, dude. White is packed, packed with stack interaction, man. I mean, they they do. It, <laughs> All right, it, name it the third more... one. <laughs> yeah, there is the order of Silence. the sacred torch. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the next category is Wheels, which is kind of, yeah. It's not really the greatest name for this category, because it includes Wings and... <laughs> Fine, Symmetrical and Mass Draw, like, I, what, what you want. Non-Advantage <laughs> Draw. <laughs> I guess it can be Advantage. Who else? Who, am I the only one who calls it Binkwery? <laughs> I probably Not anymore. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just find it funny. Not for long. Okay. Until this episode airs, who 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 wants to, to give give a little discussion on wheels? Let's, I mean, they're, they're wheels. What are you stop being about bad here? at playing them? 
That's, yeah, that. That's the description. Yeah. <laughs> We're not okay. going to go into why, it, like, how to not play them badly. That's for a future episode because content. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. That could but be a topic, stop. honestly. Yeah. yeah. I. I mean, I think that like wheels. I mean, obviously they're extremely strong. There's a reason that they're you know banned and restricted in other eternal formats uh, because just dumping your hand of fast mana and then drawing up to seven is uh is very very strong i think that they're a little bit tricky to play in cdh um because you have to be dumping your hand the best out of four people usually rather than the best out of two people yeah um and especially the best out of four people where they're all playing sort of closer decks to you than you would see in two player. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's definitely like, I think people like wheels are, are a card that people often play incorrectly. Like they play them when they give their, they let their opponents recover from being super low on cards or they play them when they don't have like the most mana coming out of the wheel or they play them, you know, when people are kind of shields down and someone after them, is very likely to be able to win. You know, they have a decent amount of mana and then a fresh hand. Um, and obviously, they play them into Hull Preachers and Notion Thieves as well. But, I think, yeah, uh, I was going to say, the, the biggest shortcomings, I think, of Wheels is, like like you are saying, in, in the 60-card formats, you know, your opponents aren't also... So you, you've got the whole only have to dealing with one person going up an advantage. Um you also don't have to worry about them. Your your opponents all main decking, you know, absolute wheel blowouts. Yeah, like yeah. the the notion thief and hull breacher, which uh, you know can come out of quote unquote nowhere. Um, and quote and one thing also, <laughs> you, you you were mentioning uh, like it puts your opponents up in card advantage. But another thing, if you just dump your hand wheel and pass. You are also the last person who gets to untap with their, you know, fresh hand. So you you do need to be really, really cautious with, with your wheels. Like, just, you know, putting your opponents up in card advantage, giving them these cards, and then allowing them to untap with the mana and the blowouts. Lots of risk, but, you know, when they work, the reward is immense. Yeah, I think they're, they're honestly, they're one of the few cards in Magic that, like actually relatively frequently has like like they have a negative floor and they actually are like near that floor pretty frequently um whereas a lot of other cards you know like like a car most cards that are you know bad in a given situation just like don't do much for you but they generally don't actively hurt you in the way that wheels can if you play them at the wrong time how many times have you guys been completely out of the game and then someone casts a wheel and then all of a sudden you're back like, in it? Like, approved. <laughs> I gotta say, more times than I have been punished for casting a wheel. So, happy about that. Nice. <laughs> um, cool, cool. Next up, we've got damage-based removal slash mass removal. And this is a... So, here we've got kind of two categories i guess i, mean, I guess there's like three there's really three should also be in here yeah yeah there's there's the clasms so which are the two cmc board wipes or pyroclasm whip flare yeah yeah and then we've got CMC the angers which are the sweet. three damage wipes and then we've got beyond that um which are you know uh magma quake uh burning uh no, not burning 
Oh, God. Uh, earthquake and Earthquake. Mizium Orders. No, God, what's the one that the Blasphemous Act? Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot that yeah. card for Blasphemous Act. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some decks have discussed Blasphemous Acts. I know Goto did for That's a bit. And then, That's uh, terrible. Um, well, uh, the one I was advocating honestly, for over Blasphemous Act, if you wanted like a, a better than, um, like a quote-unquote full Wrath, which is, uh, God, I also can't remember. The one that, that deals damage equal to the number of creatures in play. Yeah, chain, chain reaction. Chain, chain reaction. reaction. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Yeah. Honestly, I've been so underwhelmed by that card. It, it almost always never kills the thing I wanted to kill. <laughs> the, the whole yeah. issue with this category is sort of just like they're good when they're good. It's they sort of like directly wax and wane depending on other commanders in the meadow. Yeah. Well, one thing is, Clasm used to be so good until Draneth was necessary for a lot of the Clasm decks to remove. Well, well also, even, and then people no, no, no. stopped playing dorks. Yeah. That people didn't people help stopped either. playing like people stopped playing Timna. People stopped playing the Gila. Like, well, no, people, are, people still play Timna. They just don't cast. Sure, her they just much. don't cast her. Yeah, it's like people when people are playing dorky Timna and Najila. Like, Clasms are still incredible. <laughs> just they're not doing that right now. There's a big difference between the Clasms, like the two CMC two damage and the three CMC three damage, because often if you're playing. If you're not playing green, casting a 3-CMC spell on turn 2 is far from guaranteed. And it's not, like, super reliable. So you could often, depending on where you are in the turn order, you could okay, class them before... I the... cast 5 mana spells on turn 2 consistently. <laughs> what are you talking about? Before you, before you could <laughs> okay. realistically profit, like, immensely from having dorks in play, you could get down a Clasm. Whereas the Anger of the God 3-CMC 3 damage effects are often it feels like just a smidge too slow just um, go yeah. going last watching everyone else curve a dork into a timna just looking at the class <laughs> of my hand like, yeah oh yeah it's all coming together <laughs> dude if Draneth had only had two toughness man I'd, it's it's i, I mean it, i think also exciting. i think the uh, balance I'm so happy it's got three has certainly swung back towards clasms away from angers with the printing of opposition agent and Hullbridge. oh yeah 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 it would, it would have been nice if there was still no question about Cosmos being the superior cards. Oh, yeah, one thing, actually, I wanted to mention, because our next category is going to be Artifact Hate. Um, there's a card that I think is... Um, compare So, in some mono-red decks, or depending on if you're... If you think of, like... If you're if you're going to be playing Clasms or Angers, um, you're also looking at running by force and those, those kind of things. Fiery Confluence is one that I've actually been somewhat happy about in uh, when i was testing with it in goto the ability uh, to um destroy i've played enough vintage cube to know what fiery confluence does and it does six damage to target opponent um <laughs> <laughs> uh, no the, the ability the ability to pick off multiple artifacts like to just be a, a by force for three or to uh you know be a hybrid between you know a, a anger of the god pyroclasm magma quake for one and by force like that that kind of flexibility is pretty nice and also Why do i feel like you're always choosing the one damage to each creature three times yeah no i i certainly i could see boards where you choose one damage to each creature twice and also two by forces yeah. pick off two things god i i'm just so happy that card exists because fire confluence is simultaneously like functionally like the best top end like gameplay like just like strict card strength wise for burn decks and cube, but it also just like feels the best, you know. 
I don't know. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> I'm gonna deal with I damage. Think, I think that might just be you. All in one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's it for damage based removal. Next up, we have artifact hate. Uh, someone go ahead. I've, I've, you know, brought up my fiery confluence. I've been speaking a lot. Someone else. Someone else tag in. Speaking of uh, cards that deal with artifacts and kill Draneth. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a braid okay, it's just a it's, it's, it's just half of fiery confluence <laughs> the, the best half yeah how could you dealing damage to faces <laughs> yeah, no, is just, my it's MO. not the best half <laughs> um, yeah I don't know what to say here guys kills Draneth it's and pretty good kills artifacts it's, also an instant. it's definitely a very versatile card i would just i would um, love if they could print just like a one mana braid <laughs> can they just that would that noise. would be hype oh, yeah and just Do make that, it a shock yeah, instead yeah, yeah yeah dude yes yes um okay. so it'd be better than both shock and like shatter yeah. no shock is goes no, face. limited to oh yeah true. Yeah, yeah shock does go face and that's the whole point right yeah um, and also, you could even tack on non-creature artifact, <laughs> make it worse than ooh, a shatter. True, true. <laughs> mm. um, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we've got a braid. Uh, we've got a couple more things on this list. So are we really all just the next one's yeah, a rocks I, I actually, monkey. I don't know if I that one. That one's fake. That's a fake CDH card. That's not a fake <laughs> CDH card. People just aren't playing enough of it. <laughs> okay, there. Um, <laughs> are you talking? Are you about? sure you'd rather be playing Mox Monkey over Hammer Mage? Come on, bro. Come on. Um, I'd really rather the, play Mox are, Monkey over Tuck Tuck Scrap. Okay. <laughs> okay. By By Force and Meltdown are like the actual answers here, and, I, and then yeah. To a lesser extent, uh, Shattering Spree and Vandal Blast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like the Shattering Spree versus By Force argument. I know for a while, uh, Goto was like when they were playing By Force Shattering Spree because there was lots of um, uh, Null Raw that they wanted to remove. The uh, the idea that Shattering Spree is quote unquote like uncounterable is kind of nice, mm. um, and also yeah, you, you can. The, the 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 colorless mana into buy force um but you're losing you know quote unquote one mana for like the rate um yeah. you know it's not really yeah it's 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 not as clear cut as i think it always is but unless you're like in a three color or more deck buy force is sh- shining yeah. spree by the way this, off of Jessica as well yeah the this like list reminded me of the existence of Meltdown because I always like I periodically forget that Meltdown exists and I'm just like wondering why Meltdown isn't seeing more play right now. It really should, yeah. Meltdown because Meltdown seems like nuts currently. Because it turns off your dark side. Oh no! <laughs> what a tragedy. <laughs> I guess I mean, also one like, thing too is like de- if you're in green, deck is if you're like in green Meltdown, red, right? the argument between like, I guess I guess Meltdown is still probably always better than. Uh, Seeds of Innocence. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because yeah. you can fire up Meltdown for, like, zero a lot of the time and just get people anyway. For, like, one Or mana. one, yeah. Or one, yeah. yeah like, just get all the... Get two mana, all the, get like, all the Soul Ring Vaults and Crypts, like, and Moxon. And, and yeah. Moxon, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Especially with fucking, like, Springleaf Drum and Mox Amber and stuff and uh, Paradise Mantle and... Um, Rock decks, like I, dude, I, I feel like we need like we need like you know little cutaways like into the north says play meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want I want meltdown to reach a point in in uh, usage where 
Because the amount of people that would run Hammer Mage in... Like, like there should be, like, maybe, like, for every four meltdowns that see play, it should be, like, you know, one Hammer Mage or something. I just want to see a deck that runs Hammer Mage, man. <laughs> that card's cool. I love Spell Shapers. Such a, such a, they're such a cool uh, type of creature. If only um, they weren't bad. Oof. All right, which brings us to our next topic, <laughs> uh, which is stack pieces, uh, the bad kinds. So, uh, of course, we have Blood Moons, so which that's nobody plays anymore. And it's creature version, which is Megas of the Moon. <laughs> Yet another thing that was killed by Dockside. Yep. Can you say that without laughing, Matt? <laughs> Megas of the Moon. There we go. It's a respectable magic card, okay? <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. Um, and then we have some bad ones. No, Stranglehold's good, man. It's, I mean, it's it was good until they printed the opposition agent. agent. <laughs> Stranglehold is a great opposition agent option and Sans Black. Okay, I can, I can laugh after that one. Okay. I can laugh after that one. <laughs> well, what was the what was the game read where we where where you tried to like Praetor's grasp me and and because its opponents can't search libraries, yeah, Stranglehold yeah. stop that. Yeah, yeah. We were what was, what was it? We were playing. Um, Oh, were we playing at a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were on Abzan, and I was on... I was I was on Veral still with a Praetor's Grasp still on the list because I forgot to take it out. I'd like to <laughs> see I Opposition Agent yeah. stop Praetor's Grasp, okay? <laughs> oh, wait, was this... Was this... Um, no, I mean, he obviously wasn't playing Abzan, right? Because that's not how Stranglehold works, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you were playing your Blood Pod list. You were playing, then... yeah, Blood Pod, yeah. I was not playing Blood Pot. Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Notice how I never I said Tonatemna Razaketh every time in this episode and every time on the previous podcast. I do not I play Blood Pot. Blood Pot. That's, <laughs> we're saying it's it, they're the same picture. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Stranglehold. I still I still think Stranglehold's um reasonable card even even with the redundancy provided by uh, opposition agent. Um. Lots of decks would still like be playing Stranglehold. Possibility Storm is a card that used to be an amazing stacks effect that you could then like break parity on amazingly, and then uh, Draineth came along and started seeing play in every deck, and you don't want to be <laughs> just fighting a half of, of an A plus B combo for your opponents. And the best part is they don't even necessarily have to find the B; they might just be able to <laughs> yeah, force their way to the B. Get there. <laughs> like or I play just, eight. Yeah. I play eight creatures, and let's see: there's a Dockside, there's a Gilded Drake, there's a Draneth. Like, or even like you, you do that, and it's just like, or they're playing one of the decks where they either hit the Draneth or they hit one of their creature rule of laws. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean, tangent, but this happened to me at, like, a mythic, or what are those things called? Like, the mythic gatherings. In a, in a mid-power game, we accidentally into <laughs> Eidolon plus Possibility Storm. <laughs> and uh, I think we just decided, we're like, okay, we're just gonna remove one of these cards off the table and keep playing. <laughs> I mean, the thing, I the thing is, a lot of the decks that play Possibility... Huh? It's a May. So, so, like, you don't have to accidentally assemble the lock, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Um, but I was saying, yeah, yeah with with, right. with yeah. Rule of Laws and Possibility Storm, the decks that are going to be running Possibility Storm are the ones that are breaking parity on it in the command zone. So it's usually not a perfect... Like, your, your opponent's assembling yeah, yeah, a Rule yeah. of Law doesn't really... Uh, 
Oh, you know what? You. In fact, it's, it's often beneficial. I think the rule of law was in play, and then it, we chaos warped into the possibility swarm, <laughs> or something like ridiculous like that. Yeah. There, anyway. How many how many decks could reasonably break parity on a rule of law, or sorry, a possibility storm? Uh, exactly. In CDH? Is it just like Kenrith and it's Godo. Kenrith is that and it? Godo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reasonable. Yeah. Um, there's like yeah. There's Vanifar. there's like meme stuff, but like, I mean, Kess. Uh, Rico, maybe yeah. in a weird way. Yasan. Yeah, Yasan would do it. Um, <laughs> I cool. mean, Kes, Kes can break parity on it in that Kes can set up to just remove it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which isn't um, strictly breaking parity, but you know. Then I guess I guess some bad stacks pieces like mentioned. We we mentioned rule of law. Oh, sorry, ruination and. Uh, from the ashes, which are cards I think are yeah, you know, and I mean should be set along with Blood Moon. There's also Punisher effects, but I like when's the last time somebody played a Punisher effect in CDH? It's just like it's so hard to make those actually work. Mm-hmm. Um, and our final category for themes, uh, key themes in red, is goblins. Um, goblins, 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 goblins all the way down, baby. Mm. Yeah, Kiki, Snoop, um, and all their you know. Associated act. Backup We've got the singers. best goblin. Dark side. Yeah. yeah. Truly transcends <laughs> key themes in red. Dark side, the card that makes goblin matron actually like playable. <laughs> Dark side was the goblin that finally broke through the glass ceiling. He made yeah. it out. He tra- he trans. Uh, yeah. He transcends being a goblin. He he's <laughs> well no because there were the the blue goblins on. Uh... On Mercadia, right? Where they oh were, yeah, yeah. This the, weird aristocratic yeah. ruling class, but yeah. Apart from that, <laughs> okay. So on to weaknesses. What are the key weaknesses of red? Literally most things. <laughs> Do this. I think that's okay, just not true. One, <laughs> that's not true. The biggest one, obviously, is consistency. Yeah. As I think you can outside of the command our, zone. Important. Outside of the command zone, because I mean, yeah, consistency. Okay. Arguably, Goto is the most consistent. Right? Yeah. But I think that's more the the rule, like the design of the command zone, than the cards that actually go in it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, but as you know, you could you can extract from our conversation, like red is all over the place, and maybe its most consistent category is rituals, but it has a strong contender against, you know, it being the best at that. Yeah, I think um, I think in a lot of ways, like many of the cards that red or like the things that red does, it it does like substantially worse than or like there are better versions of those yeah. effects in other colors. It may have more of them, but um, like I mean, and I think that that's partially exemplified if if you look at like the CDH staples list, which takes decks from the database and then puts the cards that are in i forget what the cutoff threshold is it might be like 10 percent. it's 10 or 10 percent of the decks in those colors i think it's 10 of the decks not 10 percent. oh okay well i'm not i'm not yeah whatever the cutoff threshold is those cards uh only 12 percent of them are red um (laughs) eight percent of them are white and then green black and blue are all above 20 percent so you know like that's that's just uh an illustration of like how how not uh like you know it's pretty it's still quite underrepresented uh compared to compared to sultai 
even if, like, red is the flavor of the month and, like, some of these red cards are archetype and deck defining and people are going out of their way to play them, it still doesn't, uh, there just aren't that many of these red cards, even in, like, you know, the Grixis Turbonaz shell just doesn't actually play that many red cards. Yeah. Yeah. Even if Thrasios Timna were just choose your four colors, like you could choose any four colors for them, red would maintain the fact that it's um, not well represented. And I guess the final weakness for red is enchantments. Um, this is something that I guess, you know, people also talk about in mid power casual. It's like EH, what? where Chaos Warp, World Fire. Tibble's trickery. <laughs> World fire is not even legal in this format, my guy. <laughs> yep. And and trickery. I mean, if it's on the stack, I guess. Uh, I guess, but, I guess uh, it also has Armageddon. You can just pitch your hand to deal with it. <laughs> Honestly, though, you're probably dealing with the most problematic enchantments, which are Ristic Study and Mystic Remora yeah. in red, pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> with Pyro and Rep. Yeah, but if, you, if you're if you're like playing a, a go to deck and you're trying to remove a uh, like a stony silence or something, you know, good luck, buddy. <laughs> I'm trying to remember I, your I best. Remember your best answer is like blast zone, man. <laughs> I looked up Politics. all the cards that were like just red and said enchantment on them, and like there were there were like three that actually interacted with enchantments, and then there were several that were like like there's there's a couple cards that literally say non enchantment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but otherwise, red red actually covers. Um, it's it's gaining a lot of ground. Obviously, it's interacting more on the stack recently. Um, interacts with creatures pretty well, and uh, artifacts. Obviously, it's one of its interacting with artifacts is one of its strengths. Um, I guess the biggest downside being that interaction with artifacts, like some of the best cards, like we were discussing, meltdown, is kind of hindered by the fact that if you're not playing green, you're going to be heavily into artifacts yourself. Um, yeah. So it's good at answering them, but you know, oftentimes you don't want to be damaging your own proactive game plan. Um, yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's it for weaknesses. And finally, for this uh, discussion, we're going to be talking about pairing red with other colors. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say in order of, of worst to best, but you know, it's we're just going to oh, start that, with the worst one. Words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so starting with red-white, what does uh, white help uh, red accomplish? So all I have here in the show notes um, is <laughs> the the uh, the comic image of just um, huge brain being I'm stupid faster, which I really feel like embodies this color combination because yeah. <laughs> hopefully at this point the thumbnail you know kind yeah, of falls on yeah, the screen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's just like neither red nor white really fills in each other's weaknesses that well, and they don't really like synergize in any meaningful way for the most part. <laughs> it's just rough. Yeah, which I think has been somewhat exemplified by a like even less than either of the of mono white or mono red a lack of Boros representation for a long time. Yeah. We have seen a bit with uh, with Winota and now Cole. Um, and I think that also kind of helps illustrate how they don't necessarily synergize super well because those two decks are, like, wildly opposite. Yeah. And, like, 
to me, that implies that that means there isn't a consistent theme that works between red and white. Yeah, it's and it's honestly, it's like, it's more like Winona is sort of just like a white deck splashing red because its commander is red, and Cole is sort of just like this red deck splashing white for combo pieces. Like, yeah. It's just, it's imagine, just... <laughs> imagine if Winona were a human connected or attack, you'd look at the top six for non-humans. That would just be disgusting i agree that'd be gross no thanks too, too bad <laughs> it's just uh, promises yeah. that non-humans are good it's just <laughs> like okay so to be completely serious what do you red and white actually support each other on um uh enchantment removal enchantment removal for yeah for red uh yep. more interaction nice. you get silence effects um you get another recruiter White can also bolster if your deck wants to be on stacks, then um, uh, white also can provide that. Because red, the lack of yeah. red stacks is... Uh, I kind of feel like that's a white takes red thing where it can yeah. kind of take um, situationally situationally some of the best red stacks, which is, I mean, Blood Moon. Yeah. 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 Well, I think there's there's cases for like um, a red deck that might that would want a rule of law. Or would would profit well under rule of law effects, but obviously mm. doesn't have access to them. Um, white also yeah. just like, yeah, I don't know. It lets you tutor equipments, but equipment are really bad, <laughs> like really bad, like really bad. Unless one day Sunforger will un unlock. I mean, Sunforger yeah. was unlocked with Feather when Paradox Engine was still around, and then Paradox Engine got banned. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, sucks. Honestly, I would. They're 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 feather feather with um, God, what's the what's the one CMC red magnetic theft? Yeah, Ma magnetic theft. Yeah, if if you could have the magnetic theft, Sunforger like engine in the command zone, like kind of guaranteed every time. Even then, the red red and white instance just do not cut it. <laughs> yeah, but it would be so it'd be so cool if there was like a good enough utility package. Where like that that kind of thing could I mean could, so uh, the actual abuser of Sunforger right now is Zerda right because you can reduce the uh, the reequip cost and I'm pretty sure it has some combos with it. Um, I think they'd definitely I'd, be rough. Because, I actually like, don't think it does. Like, it's true it's hard combos? to the the problem no, is that it's hard it. to like the the like modern version of that deck has always relied on Manamorphos to like fix you back into yeah like, sure. mana. Like <laughs> I can see there being some crazy then... line. Like if you have just I don't know ten lands and like a second sunrise and sunforger or something maybe, but something stupid. Yeah, yeah. It even if they're they're helping each other, they're just too. There's not enough core strength there to uh, to really bring them. And there's like just yeah. not enough like synergy between them <laughs> either. You can like, make a great generic you know blue black deck with without a commander. Your Boros deck without a commander is just yeah. Awful. I mean like tutor, tutors and counter magic sort of go together <laughs> pretty nicely anyway. And, and also the best you know win con yeah and just all of that yeah. stuff. But like yeah, what's your best Boros win con freaking. Godo Helm is like yikes, yikes! If you had to run that in the ninety nine, I mean, it's probably some variant of like the the Kiki twin, you know, nonsense. Yeah, because you definitely get a decent amount of redundancy on that. Yeah, that's for it. Okie dokie. Oh, dude, this talk of Boros is tiring me out. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I guess uh, I guess that is also what you get a bunch of Kiki combo pieces in yeah. life. Which True. nobody will ever play <laughs> in like actual. Uh, next players. up we have uh Is it with uh, red blue. Uh, yeah, so how does how does blue help red? If somebody wants to read off this description, because I think this was a bit of a masterpiece from my end. Then read it out yourself. <laughs> okay, Go sure. Uh, <laughs> you ask someone else. <laughs> red plays support to blue's superior everything. <laughs> Except blue doesn't want to admit it, but really needs Dockside, so it puts it up with red leeching off of it. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, it puts up with red yeah. leeching off it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I nice. think I think yeah. like red blue, just on its own, has consistently been like on the fringes of of CEDH. Um, I think in part that was just because like they printed a bunch of really, really good Grixis commanders. Um, and so then it was kind of like, well, why wouldn't I just play Grixis? Um, like, why am I playing, you know, Riel or Niv or, you know, one or Mizzix or like one of these when I could just play like Kess or Inala or something like that. Um, but like, I think the... Yeah, adding blue to these red decks definitely it gives you um, consistently consistency on some of the effects that red normally gets. Um, things like like looting and card selection, which red has like some of. Um, blue definitely adds a lot more. You know, you get more wheels, um, so you kind of get a lot of the tools to play like stormy type strategies, um, and th like those are generally good and just like worse than Grixis, which is why you don't sort of see them that much. Yeah. It's sort of just like, yeah, it's sort of blue sort of completes the other half of a lot of reds things. Like it gets like the other half of the good stack interaction. It gets the other half of the good wheels. Um, it gets like the other half of the good tutors that it wants. You have to play like the good artifacts and stuff. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just a common theme is that the best commanders are have two toughness. One one thing one thing with red blue though is even though the the colors are are very complementary in many ways, they are also still a kind of commander dependent color pairing. And that seems to be the case with um a lot of like non-black decks, right? Is is oh, like yeah. red blue if you're if you're trying to do something um there you're the, the things you're trying to tutor for combos is like uh, it doesn't quite work out there, there's not a, like an amazing combo that you can assemble just in red blue in the 99 so you are kind of quite commander dependent and there aren't that many cedh viable red blue commanders so i can i think that's partly why we haven't seen too much red blue well but like i feel like they would be cedh viable like Again, I, I don't think that, like... I think that Riel's effect is, like, fine. It's yeah, just, I think so as well. It's just, like, very hard to justify... Yeah, even if even if you argue that, like, some of the blue-red commander's effects are better than, say... Like, I'm using Kess as just, like, a baseline of what Grixis does. Like, black cards are so good that... Yeah. That, like... Well, the only justification these... that you could make for Riel is that she has a really strong value engine. Which is something that, you know, you're kind of... That's kind of what the Command Zone um, provides a lot of decks, is just the value engine inconsistency. 
Yeah. Like you, if, you only, can't... if only Cass had some sort of value in the command zone, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I'm just saying you can't, like, you wouldn't ever be able to put up, you, you could you could make the argument that Riel's value engine is, scales better than Kess's. It's, it's like, it's tough. They're, they're, yeah, like, Kess is obviously, I think quote, Riel's... unquote, infinitely scales with Tainted Pact, but, like, you would never say that, that like, Mizzix or something could compete with, you know, Kess for value. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, actually, one thing we also forgot to mention with Boros, and you know, also is uh, for is it is that there's no non-commander cards of note that actually see play in these. Uh, cards. I think wear tear is actually a notable Boros card. That isn't um, really Boros. <laughs> yeah. Barely Boros. I guess. But yeah, we could. I think that card. That card is is certainly like underplayed from what I've seen. Oh, I fully uh, agree I, with that. Uh, I don't know. I think I think with wear tear, it's like it really depends on how badly you need it to be an instant. Otherwise, something like fragmentize. I think it's like what? if you're if you're I, playing I like if you're playing some like weird the fact that you can hit two things. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But yeah, we we like uh, the the man, mana efficiency does does matter. Let yeah. us know if we're missing something. But like we for the life of us could not find and is it card that sees play in a lot of main decks like as a staple or like even just like not even as a staple but just like not as a combo piece i mean yeah the best we came up with was is, is it, it charm is it in like real and talisman <laughs> oh god no <laughs> like yeah we came up with like niv mizzet and is it charm and i don't think anything plays is a charm maybe yeah, real does know. and like a couple decks play niv mizzet if that for, yeah, for like divergent piles. Yeah, for exactly Wincon. Or <laughs> all took over a Goblin Electromancer if that was ever a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up, you have Red Black, um, which I was making the case. So the next two with Red Black and Red Green, we were kind of debating on what we think is the better two color pairing. I was leaning towards Red Black. Um, and I, I think based off the fact that you're having um, like like the the rituals and um, is is really you know complementary to the ad nauseum and there's enough cards in black with the tutors ad nauseum um, doomsday uh, world gorger dragon like I think y- there's there's some combos that you get access to yeah, that are quite fast okay. and I think as, that red black gets as soon as red, you, red, green. as soon as you say doomsday you're talking about specifically Grenzo and I don't think we're allowed to like we can't just Wait, like, okay. bring commanders into this I, I think i think what i would say is that red black is probably better than red green but i think that red black is substantially less better than red green than black is better than green like okay like, like black is just a better color black. than green yeah and so like yeah you know red black is going to be better than red green like just as a baseline I think that green synergizes better with red. Yeah. But I don't know that that's enough to make up for the deficit it starts with. Sure. I I, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Also, the whole thing here is that, like, they're a bit difficult to actually compare because they sort of excel in adding different things to red and they operate on different axes. So, like, black-red is definitely... Yeah, okay, we're going to keep it going with this. (laughs) <laughs> with this um, descriptor um black red is definitely like more it's it's more like jumpy slash spiky where it's 
um, what it adds is speed in certain cases and more payoffs, but not necessarily a whole lot more consistency. Where green adds like fewer highs to red, but it's definitely like a lot. It adds a lot more consistent of a game plan to red's identity. Arguably, arguably, red adds consistency to black in that your ad nauseums are more likely to close out the game with the help of like dockside and yeah, breach rituals. I don't think black decks have historically like mono black has had trouble winning the game uh, with ad nauseum. I know, but it, that was that was why I was like, you know, <laughs> arguably it's yeah. Uh, it got, it does get some two pretty. I mean, cards. I think also this this argument is a little bit like. Like the th- and also, the thing also is, the is one thing that... that red does help with black uh, is the the stack helping resolve your ad nauseums. I like, but I think that like, <laughs> I think that this is also a little bit of a misplaced argument because realistically, black doesn't add much to red, and green doesn't add much to red. Red adds to black, and red adds to green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That that's an important point. Um, I guess before we close out the red black discussion, we've got like two notable non commander cards of note which would be fire covenant which is absolutely a house and uh mayhem devil which is like fringe fringe sees play as like a win con slash stacks piece in some decks hey don't forget rakdos charm who plays rakdos charm (laughs) yeah who plays i don't think we forgot rakdos charm i don't think that's what happened (laughs) we all thought about it and decided not to actively discarded it um and then yeah, also the last one, which is t- technically not a uh, a red card or a black card, but the combination of World Gorger Dragon and an enchantment that is black that combos with World Gorger Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. Red, green, and then we can uh, close out the topic. I mean, it does it does the green thing, right? Of adding creature tutors is the big one. <laughs> Yeah, dorks eat creatures. Yeah, which is actually like which is something that red desperately needs yeah. because it actually has good yeah. creature combos. Yeah, like green, like definitely blue and black certainly gain less from green than red does, just because they have worse creatures. Where red has like a lot of really good creatures that it just can't leverage right now because it just doesn't have the tools to get to them consistently. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you get access to. Probably the best multicolor red card um, in Vexing Shusher. Card is gas. Definitely not bad. Definitely not a bad Unreal. One. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and I mean also, green definitely shores up the like, anti being interacted, uh, part of red with you know you get like your your veils, and um, and then like some of the more permanent effects. Obviously Vexing Shusher, and then things like Destiny Spinner, and uh, I mean Shepherd obviously doesn't work super well with red reds but you know (laughs) (laughs) and there's like there's more cards like that that are you know they get worse but (laughs) but definitely start dropping off a cliff pretty quickly yeah it protects the it protects the evolution that gets the red creature into play so exactly (laughs) okay does anyone have anything else to say about red before we move on to everyone's favorite segment Okay then. (laughs) It's time for gut check. Gut check. (laughs) Check. Mm. Mm. Okay. 
so morgan i believe you said you had a gut check for us this week i sure do uh so this question is what is the card that you most misevaluated when you first saw it or it was first suggested in a given context I feel like this is a subtweet. Oh, I already know. <laughs> it actually, it actually was not intended to be. And it, sorry, when when I say like when it was first suggested in a given context, I mean like for example, as an example, like brain freeze as a combo card with breach, right? Like obviously we all knew that the card brain freeze existed long before, uh, before breach was printed, and we all knew like it, it had seen some amount of play in like low color decks and whatever. No, I've but. never made a mistake ever, so this uh, I'm just gonna have to pass on this one. Okay, I made a <laughs> I made a hard mistake. Well, not like a hard mistake. I I definitely misevaluated it. But with the original partner printings, I was way too hyped about Thrasios and completely glossed over what Timnus said, what, what Timnus text was, and I totally slept on it. I was making I was bringing Thrasios X that just wasn't Timna, and then friend of the podcast or friend of. QMTG, I guess, was like, yeah, but have you read Timna? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> guess I'll do that now. Um, mine, I think, would be Smothering Tithe, <laughs> which was captured on the podcast. Yeah. But the, yeah, okay, the if, thing is, I, I still feel somewhat vindicated by my, by my stance in that I don't, I think part of my original stance was that I didn't think Smothering Tithe was like an auto include in every deck. I think I, I maybe I definitely um, no one undersold how strong it was with uh, comparing it to Thran Dynamo. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! But Did you I, actually? I do think that you know the fact that we are not seeing a lot of Smothering Tithe in the meta right now um, partially. Uh, at, least, at least it makes me feel partially vindicated. <laughs> I feel like that's less due to Smothering Tide being a bad card and more due, due to, to White being Breacher. a bad color right now, though. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Reed, what's, what's um, yours? I think I'd probably have to say um, Savine stuff, just because I didn't really get it for a bit. Um, I just hadn't looked into the lines, I think, for intuition stuff with it. And I was just like, eh, whatever. Um, so I definitely recognize now that, like, it exists. <laughs> I'm not, like, I'm not super, like, I, I definitely still don't think that, like, intuition is, like, intuition definitely doesn't need Savine's Breach and LED to be a good card. But I get why it's a reasonable package now. More so yeah, than I Mine definitely has to be Wishclaw Talisman. Mm. I like. I look at that card. I was like, eh, it's just so risky. Like, you just someone's gonna stop you, and then you're just gonna lose the game because you gave someone else a free tutor. And like that does happen. Uh, but certainly, having played a lot more with the card, um, I found that I mean, being able to cast a tutor that or have a tutor that isn't a spell on the turn you're going off, um, get an extra treasure off your dock side. Um, and then also, um, like, just, you know, you can usually give it to someone who's, like, decently far back in the turn order and not super well positioned. Um, it's definitely uh, a card that I've been really happy with in my faster decks. But to be fair to you, Wishclaw came up before Dockside, right? 
So you can't, no. when it was coming out, you couldn't have evaluated it missing the dog side portion. It came out like just, but yeah, that's fair. What do you mean just? Eldraine was like an, an October set. And Dockside was in the summer? Yeah, it's like almost a year. What? No, <laughs> Dockside was in the summer of 2019, my guy. <laughs> Dockside came out before Wishclaw Talisman. Am I baked? I'm baked <laughs> Can't vindicate him. <laughs> it's all the Boros talk. That... <laughs> Can confirm baked. Damn. Yeah. August 23rd, 2019 versus September or something, 2019. Okay. Confirmed baked. The, the database uh, gets it right again. Oh, October. October 4th, whatever. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm like, memeing a bit with saying you get an extra treasure off your dock side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it yeah. matters, but it's not, like, the reason the card is playable. But, no, I just, like... I sort of looked at Wishclaw Talisman and went, like... Okay, it's better than scheming symmetry, but it's definitely I like that was not an apt comparison. Certainly, cool, cool. Um, so we have uh, one listener question this week, and that comes to us from Squirrel Mob. Uh, are y'all hockey fans? Uh, I feel like our Canadian. Uh cards are on the line i'm really letting you down here yeah i definitely (laughs) was a hockey fan um so see the the problem for me was that i grew up in ottawa and was a hockey fan uh, which was rough um (laughs) because the sense fucking suck okay in fairness (laughs) in fairness when i was cheering for them they did in fact make it to the nhl finals but then i moved to toronto and now imagine whatever city your sports team's <laughs> biggest rival is right imagine just moving to that city and then all of your friends cheer for that team and you're just like let's just not talk about this yeah <laughs> and that's me i mainly watch raptors basketball that's like really the only sport i follow and lots of people in my family watch uh hockey so you know if sometimes talking with them they're like i've got peripheral hockey following like i know i I, I know kind of what's going on with the leafs and habs right now talk about you know austin matthews mitch marner doing really well with the leafs and i I guess i do also follow i do also follow like team canada hockey usually so like the olympics or like the world juniors or things like that uh i'll usually tune in and Mm -hmm. watch us just you know stomp all the other countries it's great but uh, (laughs) Sometimes if I'm at mini putt, I'll do some dribbling, but <laughs> <laughs> not much more than that. <laughs> yeah, no, as I was saying in pre-show, I definitely watch more curling than I do hockey, <laughs> which is to say I watch the Canadian men's curling team every four years of the Olympics, and I do not watch hockey. Okay. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. If you guys would like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact us on Twitter at IntoNorthPod, via our email, IntoNorthPodcast at gmail.com, or on our Discord server, the invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. An extra special thanks to all of our patrons who help cover the expenses for our show and allow us to work towards improving the quality of the podcast. If you too would like to become a patron, we are at patreon.com slash IntoNorthPodcast. 
Another way you can support us is via our TCG Player affiliate link. So anytime you want to purchase something from TCG Player, if you use our affiliate link, which is in the podcast slash YouTube description, a portion of your purchase goes towards supporting the podcast. Thank you as always to the band Vox Cadre for our lovely podcast music, to Nate Slover for our equally lovely podcast logo, and to our video editor, Manta Ray Hunt. Next episode will be out in two weeks. Until then, see you. Bye.